and welcome to the Dot Ball Cricket Podcast, where we discuss all manner of South African cricket stories, uh, both domestically and uh, internationally with the Proteas. Uh, of course, we're in midwinter in South Africa at the moment, so there's really not much domestic cricket to talk about, but the Proteas are about to start a T20 series in India. I'm delighted to have with me two former Proteas in Paul Harris and John Kent. Uh, hello, gentlemen. How's it? Hello, Ken. Yeah, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Proteas have been out of action for a little bit, but uh, returning on the 8th of June uh, for the start of a T20 series in India, five matches. And, uh, John, let's start with you. Um, how excited are you for this? And uh, just put maybe the series into some sort of context for us. Yeah, I think that a lot of guys in these two teams have, have been playing plenty of very competitive cricket in the RPL. So a lot of guys will be pretty much at the peak of their, of their powers. There's a few guys that see even through the RPL, maybe they were there, didn't play too much cricket. Uh, one or two of those, um, say Fundadus and, and Gidi, they didn't really play a whole bunch of cricket. Um, and then and you look a little bit wider, like the Shamjis, the, the Kesha Maharajas. They haven't had that much competitive cricket since our season finished. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a, a very tough, obviously, series in in their own conditions. But um, but I'm very excited about um, obviously our top order of Quinny de Kock, uh, Markram's playing beautifully, and and David Miller's playing the best he ever has done. So I'm really yeah really excited about that. And obviously the new faces in the whole setup as well. There's there's obviously Stubbs that's coming to the mix. Uh, not too much else, uh, but obviously excited to see what he can muster in his sort of debut series. Mm, John, uh, I must say, I, I like the look of the Proteus squad and, and I like our chances. Uh, Paul, we've had uh, half a dozen guys who've done really well uh, in the IPL in those conditions, so they're going to be fit. Uh, you, you fancy putting some money on South Africa maybe winning the series? I think you'll get some decent odds. I think uh, India is still probably favourites because they are at home. Um, you know, they are a bloody good uh, T20 side. So, you know, you, you've got to say they're favourites because of the fact that it's in that it's in India. But having said that, we've had a few guys in our squad that have done superbly well in those conditions for the last few months. So I hope that this quashes all sort of discussions on David Miller for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, he's been a brilliant performer for South Africa in white ball cricket for a very long time. You look at his stats. I mean, they are quite incredible. And the fact that he gets so much abuse, uh, you know, and people uh, always query his position astounds me. But uh, great to see him answer his critics and uh, was probably one of the standout players at uh, at the IPL and obviously bringing home the trophy will give him the world of, uh, you know, confidence, which we, we want. We want our senior players to be full of confidence. Quinton de Kock, we know what he can do. Um, so, and I'm excited to see our spinners. Um, you know, we had such a great summer with our spinners. Uh, looking forward to seeing Kesh and uh, and Shamo, uh, you know, doing exactly what they did towards the end of, uh, of 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 the summer here in South Africa. It's uh, exciting times. I do agree with you. I think the squad looks really good. Uh, we have all our bases covered. We've got some good pace in Janssen and Rabada. Uh, you know, with the spin base covered, our top order is looking, uh, looking good. Um, I, I agree. I'd like to see Tristan Stubbs get some game time. Let's see how good he is. And um, in total, it's a pretty good squad. Having said that, so is the Indian squad. Absolutely. Uh, John, I'm quite excited as well by the fact that we, we seem to have a pretty settled idea, I think, of our of our T20 side. Uh, you know, we can just run through quickly. And it, it 
probably won't, in my opinion, change much from de Kock, Bavuma, Markram, Funderdus and Miller. Um, I'm excited to see uh, Tristan Stubbs get a go at number six. Heinrich Klaassen uh, can also bat there. He was in really good form uh, towards the end of the summer. You've got Dwayne Pretorius, uh, the two spinners that uh, Paul mentioned, Anruch Nokia Kahisa Rabada. It's a pretty settled sort of 11, isn't it? Yeah, I think the, the sort of way they're lining up is two quicks with two spinners and then the one all-rounder. And then, obviously, we're looking at the all-rounder options. There's Pretorius is there, who's been at the RPL. Janssen's there as well. And then Parnell, obviously, the I want to say late bloomer, he's back into the mix as well. So two left-arm options. You've got to maybe look at, say, would you like a slightly more heavy bowling seamer all-rounder? Would you like someone a bit more... Uh, you know, stronger in the batting department. So obviously Pretorius would probably be stronger in that batting department. Parnell offers both and, and Janssen's got, a, I think, a lot of opportunity to grow as a batsman also after coming on the scene, uh, scene as a left-arm quick bowler. Um, I think if he can really work on his batting, his hitting, his ball striking, he'll, he'll obviously become a massive asset going forward. He's the future. Yeah, and of course that uh, crucial sixth bowler uh, situation is sorted out with Aidan Markram and just great that he's uh, in really good form still with the bat uh, in T20 cricket. Let's not forget that uh, he was named in the ICC T20 team of the year last year. Uh, so it is the one format where uh, he's assured of his place uh, and is a key player for South Africa. John Tristan Stubbs, you uh, impressed by what you've seen of him. Uh, do you believe he can with Miller, uh, provide that sort of power hitting uh, at the end of the innings? Yeah, I've seen a few sort of lineups that guys are starting to throw out there on Twitter and that, and I saw someone said, no, maybe Miller should come in at three, Funder Disson at five, Stubbs at six. And, you know, anyway, you work around it, I suppose. you just got to work out who's who as a package needs to face the most balls. You know, who's the most powerful? The cock obviously is up there. Markram's batting out his socks. Miller's quality. Funder Dusson might take a little bit of time to get in, but if he needs to go from ball one, he can do that as well. Um, I suppose, yeah, they all, I suppose, would love to get a, a few more balls uh, under their belts, you know what I mean, before they have to come and whack it. But, you know, each of those players is pretty adaptable. Paul, does it work on uh, batting positions in T20 cricket or do teams go, right, we want this guy to come in at such and such an over? And if the team is one down or four or five down, that's when we want him in. Look, I think there's got to be an element of uh, of sort of flexibility in within your order. I mean, you'd obviously have your sort of openers would be, I would imagine, say the same for the, you know, unless something happens, someone gets injured or something, but your openers would say the same. And then you'd like to sort of have a look and see where the game is. Um, I think, you know, it's maybe been a criticism of South African teams in the past that are not flexible enough and sort of stick to that batting order. But you want to get your form players and your X-factor players in as soon as possible. Uh, you know, your likes of your Aidan Markram, I mean, I'd love to see him batting three. Uh, you know, David Miller, why can't he bat four? Uh, you know, get these, these guys are in form. Let's get them up the order. Let's get them facing as many deliveries as possible. Um, you know, if, if, if one of those two guys bats 10 of the 20 overs, you've, you know, you've set yourself up brilliantly to win the game. So there needs to be an element of flexibility in there. Um, but certainly getting your best players and your sort of X-factor players up to face as many deliveries as possible. Yeah, I also uh, would like to see Markram at three. I, I guess the problem with Miller coming at four is then you've got Rusty van der Dussen and you might get a situation where he 
drops sort of too far down the order and then doesn't bat. But uh, Rassi is surely good enough to come in after Miller and be the sort of guy to provide Miller with the strike. Isn't that a valuable role in itself, Paul? Totally. Um, look, I, I think he can play both games. I think he's good enough to play both. I actually think he's probably better at smacking it out the ground than he is at working it around. Um, sometimes he can get a bit stuck when mm. in, the begin- in the beginning of his knock when he's trying mm. to work it around. Um, but when there's only one way to go and he has to clear the ropes, he, we've seen what he can do. He's uh, incredibly destructive. Uh, the reason why I say I'd like to see Miller at four is because he's the informed batter. He's the one who's been, you know, he's got the sort of, yeah. you know, the the, 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 the the run of luck is on his side as well. He's got uh, confidence. He's, you know, he's just been playing. Uh, you know, he's your, the, the two main guys that have been playing in India the last little while, are Aidan Markram and David Miller. So you'd want them to face as many deliveries as possible at, at game time. Um, would it be a bit unlucky on uh, Rassi? Sure. But, I mean, he, he can play both sides of that. And also, if you lose one or two, you know you've got uh, that sort of solid rock uh, uh, sort of down the order. So um, I certainly, that's the, that's the sort of lineup I would go with. Uh, I'd get my two players that are in form that have been in India facing the most deliveries. Yeah, John, I, I think... I read somewhere or heard somewhere that uh, Gujarat Titans, of course, who won the RPL, Gary Kirsten uh, involved there. And their thinking was, now, I mean, for a long time, I I think cricket has been, uh, cricket strategy has been that um, everyone has their specific roles and they must know their roles and be able to execute those. John, do you think we're shifting towards a situation now in cricket where, everyone is expected to be able to do all the roles. That it's now just, if that's the match situation when you come in, you must be able to adapt. Yeah, I think, the, you know, you talk about, say, something specific like the power play. You, you can't have, you can't be going at, at, at five and over and, and those sort of things. It's very clear that you need to go at tens for the power play. That's the, that's the aim. That's what you're there for. And if obviously if you can't do it, then... You know, you've got to move on swiftly and find someone else who can do it. But that's the type of specific skill or role uh, of a batting unit. Someone has to play that way, and that's the way it is. So they've got certain tactics. I know you talked about uh, Gary Kirsten, David Miller. Something's obviously been unlocked there during the series, um, and it's actually brilliant. So it's really when someone clicks and they just, you know, the penny drops, for instance, and he just says, I just need to impose myself a lot more rather than knock the ball around. Like, I, you know, try and get myself going, get in there, take the game by the scruff of the neck and go, go play your natural game. And he's obviously been given that freedom to go and do exactly that. And look what's, you know, what's been achieved has been brilliant. Paul, just uh, looking at the India squad uh, for a bit, they're they missing uh, quite a few players who I think fans would normally expect to see in the Indian team, like Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli. Jasprit Bumrah, uh, Mohammed Shami. But there do seem to be a lot of players in that squad who've also had very good IPLs. Look, I mean, they're spoiled for choice, really, if you, if you look at it. Um, they've got a sort of plethora of players that can come in. I mean, obviously, you know, losing a guy like Virat, although he wasn't in the, the best of form, is always a, 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 you know, a loss. Uh, Bumrah as well. I mean, you're kind of you know, probably one of the best, if not the best, white ball bowler, seamer in the world. So that is a, a big loss, but they've got guys to come in. Uh, um, I, I like to see Dinesh Kartik back in that in that mix. Uh, he had a wonderful um, IPL. Uh, you know, he can kind of bat anywhere from one to seven. You know, you can kind of put him anywhere, and the guy will uh, will, will, will will get runs. Heavily, heavily experienced. 
Um, he must be because he was still playing when I was playing. So he must <laughs> yeah. be pretty uh, pretty experienced. Um, so you know they, they've got their bases covered. Uh, you know spinners, seamers. Uh, they've got a good top order. They've got guys that are experienced in those conditions. Um, but having said that, they're coming against a very hungry, um, sort of off-the-field, stress-free for the first time in about a billion years mm. African cricket team, <laughs> um, who are out to prove a point. So they're going to have to have their A game, otherwise they will be upset in their, in their backyard. Let's not jinx it, Paul. Uh, so something might be around the corner in South African cricket that no, we you, don't know you about. Never, you never know. Eh? <laughs> don't hold your breath. <laughs> Let's uh, uh, try to stay positive. Uh, John, the that Indian squad, um, there are a couple of bowlers there that uh, South African fans probably haven't seen before unless they've watched uh, a lot of IPL guys like Ashdeep Singh, uh, Avesh Khan, Umran Malik. Uh, what have you seen of these guys? What do you make of them? I think the man who was the quickest bowler in the tournament, he was absolutely brilliant to watch and a real excitement factor. People are talking about him. He's bowling upper 150s. That, that's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, like you mentioned, Shay earlier, he was, you know, the way he started that RPL final, no nerves. He hit the deck hard. He tried to take wickets um, along with the Boomers. But, yeah, there's, there's there's lots of important players they want to kick on as well. They want a guy like Rishabh Pant to to really start, you know, winning a lot of games for them. But obviously, we talk about the Kohli's and he's been struggling for a very long time. But the, the Rohits and, and those sort of guys, they've they battled of late. They, they struggled in the IPL. And, and there are some players that are going to get get an opportunity here. And this is a real big chance for them to to stake a claim and try to get in the World Cup side. Um, and w- with those you know, household names being out of form of late. Speaking of the uh, IPL final, Paul, Hardik Pandya, what a cricketer he is. Uh, we, we've always known he's... Uh, uh, a very dangerous batsman, but uh, now that he's back bowling again, uh, and he was bowling 140 in that final uh, with a lot of skill as well. Sure, he's one of those players that have uh, sort of proved me wrong. Uh, I always say there were two players in my career: Farhan Baradin, who I thought was rubbish, and turned out to be and turned out to be an amazing cricketer. And and now you know he's come along and and done the same thing. Uh, Hardik Pandya, I, I thought he was sort of not good enough at either. Um, to sort of uh, make it in uh, sort of certainly international cricket, um, but he's certainly come certainly come and prove me wrong. He's he, he's the type of guy that wants to win. You can see it. He's a he's a out and out competitor. Uh, hates losing. In your face, bats and uh, your bats well, bowls quickly as you as you said now and can field like a demon. So uh, prove me wrong. I am uh, I will definitely turn my television on to watch him. He's one of those sort of cricketers. And um, it's, it's wonderful to see him doing so well. And it's going to be great to watch him playing against us. I mean, as a team, you want to play against the best. And he certainly is up there at the moment with one of the best sort of white ball cricketers in the world, especially in those conditions. John, just uh, looking at the schedule, um, they play in Delhi on the 8th of June and then Katak on the 12th, Visakhapatnam on the 14th, Rajkot 17th and Bengaluru on the 19th of June. So, wow. uh, John, you've done a bit of travelling around India. Um, obviously, that's going to be a lot of travel in a short space of time. Um, I know it's aeroplanes and everything, but uh, is that going to be a, a bit of a hurdle for the protest to overcome as well? Yeah, I think there's there will be some uh, there will be some fatigue setting in for some guys who have been out there for two months with the RPL and strict bubbles and you know I'm not quite sure exactly how how strict the bubbles will be for for a series like this to be honest but 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's almost what your current day player fly in, play the next day, play somewhere else, just get an autopilot and carry on playing. So yeah, in the past, you know, a lot of players will like to settle in and have a few warm up games and something something like that. But it's I heard a stat the other day that Rashid Khan, over the since he's made his debut the last six years or something, he on average he's playing a T20 game every six days, which is you know, like that's as a, through a course of a career. You know, obviously some tournaments he plays every second day, some he plays every second week, but every six days he's playing a T20 game is amazing. So it's almost like your modern day cricketer. I don't know. You want to say they they seeming to cope with this workload, but you know the fixture schedule because the IPL takes two months out of your of your international fixture list. Your international fixtures are also you into the country, you're playing games immediately. You know, all these warm-up games are pretty much a thing of the past. Don't you don't feel too sorry for them. Uh, they, they they play every six days. But they play, <laughs> when they finish playing, they don't have to work like an idiot like me. So, every, uh, they're getting six figures with six days, yeah. Correct. Yeah, so, yeah. so don't feel too sorry for them. By the time they're 40, they're not staying up until 12 at night replying to emails. Oh, man. <laughs> or, uh, or chatting on podcasts. Sure, yeah. or chatting, or, a... chatting on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but John, that, that's an incredible stat. I mean, I mean, that works out just some quick maths in my head. It's it's so that's basically sixty games a year, um, five games a month. So he's playing a T Twenty every week of the year, um, at least. Uh, which yeah, which is a tremendous uh, uh, workload. Um, I have heard, by the way, that the the series in India. Uh, at the moment is is going to be played uh, like going back to normal. Um, there's no bubble apparently. Um, I think the players have just been told to avoid big crowds and that sort of thing. So, uh, which is quite hard at times in India. Uh, but yeah, so good news. Uh, things hopefully going back to a bit more normality uh, on the international cricket front. Uh, Paul, big picture. Obviously, the T20 World Cup coming up October, November. Uh, it's in Australia, first of all. Uh, how much can the Proteas learn uh, looking ahead to the World Cup from playing in India? And what are some of the things you think they need to focus on with that World Cup in mind? Look, the conditions will be completely different. There'll be a lot more bounce, a lot more carry in Australia. The fields are ginormous. So there, working the strike in the beginning is uh, is probably the way to go. Running your ones and twos and threes hard. Um, so, you know, different conditions, but in terms of getting the team together, getting some game time together, you know, getting that best 11, which uh, I think there's a very good idea of it, uh, you know, blooding some new guys, although you don't want to blood too many because you want to get that winning culture and that winning squad going and keeping them, you know, the same team going for a period of time. And then, you know, this can give a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, you go to India, win in India, um, you know, or put a re- at least a really good footing in India and push them all the way. Uh, gives the team a lot of confidence going into that World Cup. Uh, you know, it's amazing how sport can things can change in sport. I mean, a month ago, Mark Boucher under the cosh, a couple of months later, he could be winning the World Cup. So, you know, I think we've got a real, really good chance to win that World Cup. We've got the squad, I think, that can do it. We all need a bit of luck along the way, um, as you do in those in sort of T20, big T20 tournaments. But I, I'm actually quite, uh, I'm, I'm quietly confident with this squad that, you know, we could surprise a few. I don't think we're going in as a favourite. Um, which possibly helps us. Um, but, you know, to one step at a time, let's try and, uh, you know, 
put a good footing, try to win the series in India. Um, the good news is is that the places they're going to, there won't be great places to go out anyway. So <laughs> they, they should be fine. Uh, I don't think there's too much going on in Rajkot. Um, but in general, I think that this use this as a you know as a, as a little bit of an experimental time to get the best combinations going, get some confidence in that squad, get our fast bowlers going because we're going to need them in Australia, and um, and in, most importantly, you know, start enjoying it again. Um, you know, with all that stuff off the field, it, could, it must have been very difficult to the enjoyment factor. Couldn't have been great, and uh, I know they're quite a close knit unit. They they keep saying that. But uh, get that enjoyment factor back, play with smiles and faces and express yourself. Mm. Yeah, John, uh, realistically, um, there are probably only three or four players uh, jostling, really, for positions uh, at the World Cup. Uh, Stubbs, obviously, uh, we need to see uh, him handle the pressures of international cricket. Let's hope he does, because I think he's extremely exciting. Uh, you, you've got a guy like Marco Janssen who, who maybe there's a question mark about him in T20 cricket. Reza Hendricks, I guess, is always playing for his place to an extent. And uh, Wayne Parnell, whether, you know, whether he can uh, make quite a dramatic comeback back into the Proteus fold. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, you look at the immediate squad that's been chosen, you, maybe you've got to say, okay, who are the guys that maybe have just missed out or close by that are still within touching distance um, after this year's T20 competition. Um, you know, in, in the ODI form, I suppose there's Yanaman Malans in the, in the region. I suppose a Libid had a good T20 tournament uh, with Stubbs in the Warriors team. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, obviously Paul mentioned that point about the, the quick bowlers and, and the skill and execution for that big tournament it needs to be really on key. And we, we also need to maybe... Give the guys a lot. We're obviously among winning, trying to win every single game with our strongest bowling lineup. For instance, with Rabada and Nokia, you know, we're going to need to have a look at more of Janssen. We need to look more at Ngidi to make sure they are, you know, not too short of a gallop by the time that the tournaments come come closer. So I suppose I'm a little bit worrying with Andrik Nokia with his with his long sort of injury layoff since sort of January. So she's got to try to keep an eye on managing those men up to the big World Cup. After this India tour, uh, as things stand at the moment, the only other T20s South Africa have scheduled before that World Cup are, are three T20s uh, in England uh, and one against Ireland also uh, in England. So uh, one imagines there's not too much time, uh, Paul Harris, for experimentation. No, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of experimentation in general. But I think there's going to be a few guys that, uh, you know, like Stubbs is going to need to get a chance um, just to see, you know, where he's at because um, he could be quite dangerous uh, in, at the World Cup. Um, so I think he'd be the one that I would give uh, most of the opportunities to if we're going to try and uh, sort of fiddle around a bit. But in general, let's stick to a sort of match-winning team. And let's stick to the team we think is the best. Um, as you said, there aren't many games to come. Although, you know, the guys do play a lot of cricket, as, uh, as John mentioned. Um, and they have got quite a bit coming up before the World Cup. So, um, yeah, just get the right uh, combinations together and get into that winning habit. Yeah, thanks very much, Paul and John, for your time. And uh, don't forget, for you, the listener, uh, you can subscribe to us just so that you know uh, exactly when uh, every podcast drops. And you can also follow us on Twitter uh, at the Dot Ball Podcast. 
Thanks very much for joining us and we'll chat again after the T20 series in India. Goodbye.